So um, thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for having me, and thank you for the opportunity to speak today. And um, as many of you know, um, this is my third time to do this. I only do it once a year, which praise the Lord, right? And um, I know Kim knows how I feel about that. And, uh, but I do believe that church is a participation, right? It's not just about being here and sitting there. So I always have three asks of the congregation. And the first ask is that if I say something funny, please laugh, okay? Just do me a favor and please laugh. If I say something that um, is good and you agree with, do me a huge favor and say amen, even if you're not one of those people that say amen, I need it today, okay? See, thank you. And then the last thing, if I happen to say something that offends you or that, I don't know, it just doesn't settle right with you, please forgive me because I may never know it, okay? So if you th- do y'all agree y'all do these things for me? Thank you, thank you. And um, so I don't even know if they have the title of my message up there, which is fine, but it's um, who really knows you. And so when I think about that, like who really knows Vanita, I think of two people and only two people. And one of them is my husband, Tim, and the other person is my daughter, Heather. But when I really think about do they know me, do they know everything about me, unfortunately that answer is no. And the reason is because they don't know all of my dreams. They certainly don't know all of my failures. They don't know, you know, what I really want out of life. They, um, you know, there's even things I don't know about myself, right? I wish I knew everything about myself, but I don't. But you know what? What I love is that God knows everything about me. He knows my past. He knows my future. And the cool part is he doesn't care about my past. He only cares about my future. And the neat thing about what I'm talking about is he knows everything about you too. So many of you or a few of you knew my mom. And my mom uh, lived with Tim and I. Well, first, um, um, so let me describe my mom first. So my mom, when I think of her, She was the matriarch of our church, you know, that we went to years ago. She was actually the matriarch of our family. You know, passed away. Uh, My dad passed away. But my mom was always that you could go to my mom for anything. She was modest, dressed very modest, very sweet, uh, would do anything for anyone. I mean, you could call her at the last minute and say, can you go pick up the kid from school, right? Or uh, can you pray with me? I mean, I called my mom more than once in the middle of the night. And she talked me off the ledge or helped me go back to sleep or whatever it was. And I understand that everybody doesn't have a mom like that, but that was my mom. Now, was she perfect? No. Did she have regrets? Probably, right? So, so when I was 40, and I'm just going to say 40-ish, when I was 40-ish and my mom was 76, she came to live with Tim and I. And, uh, and, and there was not, I always tell people this, there was nothing wrong with my mom. My mom raised nine children, a bunch of grandchildren. My dad had passed away, and she just didn't want to live alone. And we were thrilled to have her, okay? So from January 2007 to uh, January of 2018, which was 10 and a half years. And then my mom went to go with Jesus. She decided to go live with him instead of us. And I don't know why, but she did. So, um, 
so she did that. And, uh, but when my mom moved in with us, I had put my mom in a box, not knowing I put my mom in a box. So I called her mom. We had a lot of grandchildren. They called her nanny. But many, many, many people called her a prayer warrior. I mean, I've explained to y'all before that how my mom walked around our home praying for our home. And uh, Tim and I laughed about it this week. There is still oil over every doorpost in our family. And, and when we dust and clean, we don't take it off. It's four years, it's over four years old, but it stays. So, um, so my mom was, you know, this person that I thought she was when she moved in. So uh, for um, Christmas every year, my mom gives us a calendar. Um, because of her age, she had limited in income, and she had quit giving us, you know, Christmas gifts long before. So she would buy these really beautiful calendars, and she bought about 75 of them, and all children and grandchildren would get them. I know. It wasn't that nice. That was nice to her. And um, so she would do that. But then um, one year, Tim said, hey, why don't we... Well, first... Um, can we show a picture of my mom, my sweet, isn't that sweet? Isn't she sweet? Yeah, that's my mom. And that's the mom that y'all saw, right? So here comes Christmas, and Tim says, why don't we dress your mom up? And I go, well, I don't think mom will dress up. And he said, well, can I ask her? You know, of course, you're an adult, she's an adult, go ask her. So, um... <laughs> And he had an idea in his head, right, of how he was going to dress her up, which that's why I knew she would say no. And um, so he told her, he said, he called her Miss Juanita, and that's what he, you know, and he said, Miss Juanita, would you like to do X? And she said, yes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why, why do you want to do this? But it didn't matter. I was not a part of it. I just want y'all to know. I did furnish some of the stuff. But I said, fine. So Tim and her got together. They had these pictures taken. There were three different pictures of my mom, three different poses. That year, they put them in the calendar. So everybody, you, you didn't know which person would get what calendar, you know, what picture, right? So my mom, normally when she hands out the calendars, she just says, you know, people just start opening them. She said, hey, don't, don't open the calendar yet which, of course, everybody thought was odd, but you mind your mama, right? <laughs> Especially when they're in their 70s, 80s. And so um, everybody gets their calendar, and she says, you can open them. They open the calendar, and everybody looks at this picture, and they're like, who, who is this? <laughs> and um, then finally somebody goes, Mom! And just screams it, right? And we all look at my mom, and she is grinning from ear to ear because she is loving it. So can we show that picture? <laughs> and I don't know if you can see. We put these little phrases behind it. I want to make sure online they can see it. She's short, she's gray, and she's ready to play. Okay? <laughs> and so the other t this is the subtle one, Okay? So I didn't think I could show the other two in church. So um, I wasn't sure if the pastor was even going to let me show this one. Uh, but Bailey called me and she said, it's fine. I said, praise the Lord, because it's really going to work. 
And um, so she, so she loved it, right? She, but I had no idea. I mean, can you imagine my shock when I saw my mama looking like that, right? Because it doesn't look like her. You know, y'all seen her. So then one time, fast forward the next year, we're at Texas Roadhouse to celebrate her birthday. And I don't know if any of y'all have ever been to Texas Roadhouse, but they roll out that saddle. Yeah. But I, <laughs> no, no. So as they're rolling it out, I'm going, she's not going to, no, 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 no. Don't, don't. She's not going to sit on the saddle, right? Yeah, Sue's like, no. And as soon as my mom sees me waving them off, she goes, oh, I will. <laughs> and I'm like, and this is after this picture. And I go, oh. And of course, y'all know how when your kids tell you something, you're not supposed to look shocked. Yeah. That was me. I went, oh, okay, yeah, bring out the saddle. And I'm thinking, how in the world is she going to throw her leg over? That's what I'm thinking. Like a lady, she sits sad, you know, on the side. She jumped up there on the side. They start singing, and she starts whooping with that handkerchief, right? So in all of mine and Tim's excitement, guess what? We forgot to take a photo. Because, well, who, who thinks their mother is going to jump on the saddle at Texas right now? So Tim said, man, that would have made a great photo for next year. She says, oh, we'll do it again then. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, when? She said, we'll just come next week, tell them it's my birthday, and do it again. <laughs> so I say, okay. <laughs> so a week later, and how the people at Texas Roadhouse, I mean, I would remember her, right? They put her on the saddle. She did the woohoo again, and we took a photo, and it was fantastic. I still have it. I didn't bring it, it's, but, it's a, but it's a great photo. Listen, I should have brought it. <laughs> I didn't even think to bring it. So, um, and then one other story. So when, again, when she moved in, now y'all all know Tim, or a lot of people in the congregation know Tim. So he loves to tease. So him and my mom bantered off. Yeah, see. So a lot of my, my, parent, my mom and uh, Tim would banter. One day I came home and Tim said, your mom stuck her tongue out at me. Like a little kid, right? And I go, uh-huh. So code for me, uh-huh, means I don't believe you, right? I mean, y'all, I mean, wise, you know, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this went on for months, and he would say, she did it again. And I would go, mm-hmm, whatever, right? So she, <laughs> so she, one day we're all in the kitchen, and they're doing their bantering, and I, And she's sticking her tongue out at Tim. And I go, Mom! Because I had been taken up for this man. I mean, like, not taken up for him. Taken up for her for, like, eight months. And she, what does she do, though? She just grins from ear to ear. She doesn't deny it. She doesn't do anything, right? <laughs> but in my heart, I'm thinking, how did I not know that my mom would dress up the way she did, ride on the saddle at Texas Roadhouse, and why in the world is she sticking her tongue out at my husband, right? <laughs> like, I didn't know her. Like, I didn't know her for no other reason than she herself had all these dreams. I'm sure failures too, 
but she never shared them. But it was because of the relationship that Tim and I had with her that she felt comfortable enough to say, I'll do it. And I'm sure, as I said, my mom died in January 2018. I'm sure when she died, she still had hopes and dreams and fears and failures and so many things that only one person knew about, and that was God. Because when it all boils down to it, I don't care what you tell your best friend, what you do in any possible way, there is only one person that knows everything that's in your heart. There are things that Tim will never know about. There are things Heather, my daughter, will never know about. And some things I don't want them to know about because I would be totally mortified. But at the end of the day, God knows me, he loves me, and he loves you, and he knows you. Amen. And in um, Psalm, boy, I didn't need a lot of notes for that. In Psalm 139, 135, which I love, it says, O oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You, may, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Thank you. Um, in verse 14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Now for some people... Um, well, for me first, those are very comforting words. It's very comforting, especially as much as I used to travel in my old role, to know God was with me every time I got on that plane. He knew me when I was at home. He knew when I stood up and sat down. So needless to say, I was preaching to myself when I knew I had to get up here and stand today, right? It's like, Yes, you have to get up there and stand. And you may wonder why the stool is back here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, not exactly. It's not because I want to faint, but because, but because, one, I have this wonderful husband, and I have had back pain since Wednesday. And as soon as I started having that back pain, I told Satan, you are not going to get me down, right? I am going to stand and give this sermon. And, um, and the pastor really encouraged me last week because I knew he was sick. But at the same time, he got up here and shared God's word. Amen. And so I just want you to know that God loves you so much and he knows everything about you. I think the cool thing that I love about that is that he doesn't care about our past, right? He only cares about our future and he only wants good things for us. When I think of me being a parent, I have, I have been disappointed in Heather. I have been frustrated with her. But I would never wish anything ill on her, ever. No parent would do that. And that's the same way with our Heavenly Father. He only wants good things for us. And you can just say period after that. He, you know, if something not good happens to you, it is not from God. God only wants good things, and he knows you better than you know yourself. Um, so sometimes um, we don't even know ourselves, right? 
because others see things in us that we don't see in ourselves. So when I, um, so I'm retired. Woo, praise the Lord, I'm retired. <laughs> a year ago this month, I was retired. But previous to retirement, I worked in a role where um, I was considered a leader and for the, what I did. And a lot of people could say, well, everybody's a leader, which is true. Um, and I would, tell, I would tell Tim at night, I would say, Tim, one day they're going to find out I'm not a leader. And then what? Like, what's going to happen? Like, am I going to lose my job? You know, are they going to demote me? What are they going to do? And he, he would say, honey, you are a leader. God puts you there. This is where you're supposed to be. But it's still, I always had that fear that somebody was going to find out I wasn't a leader. And in hindsight, guess what? I was a leader, right? right. And I was a leader for a lot of reasons, but God knew the potential I had. He knew that I was a leader. He put me in positions. He put me in place. He put me in relationship at work with people that would help promote me. He... he, um, he guided my path, if you will. And even though he also stretched me, there would be times um, like this one job I really wanted, and I wanted it because it was comfortable for me. But everybody else said, you need to take this other role, including Tim. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know anything about that role. And he said, well, so? You didn't know anything about the role you had before. Finally, I, I, you know, I, I did give in to wise counsel. And actually, the role that I wanted, um, they laid everyone off six months later. So again, God knew. I thought, I, I keep doing that, and I got this thing here, so I can't do that. So I, uh, I thought I knew better than God. Because I wanted that role. But really, God knew better than I did. And that's because he knows me. He knows everything about me, and he knows what's good for me. And he only wants good things for me. And the great news is, he only wants good things for you too. So everything I'm saying today, apply it to yourself. So I developed relationships in that position. And I was uh, typically someone that I would not have normally had a relationship with. So people would actually say to me, they'd say, why do you hang out with her? And in my mind, I'm thinking, because God told me to. You know, but, but I didn't say that to them because people think you're weird when you do that, right? So I would just say, well, I just think I'll be able to learn from them. But I'm also wondering the same thing, though, like why am I hanging out with that person? But... The reason is because God was aligning the right path. I can look back over my life and I can say, oh, that's why she's in my life. That's why she's in my life. But at the time it's all going on, I'm saying, why are they in my life? You know, and and they're feeding me and and opposite. So um, it's kind of like that with small groups. So when I was, um, if you've never been in a small group, um, you never know who you're going to meet and connect with. And where that relationship will take you. Um, But I can guarantee you this one thing. If you never get into a small group, you will miss out on opportunities of friendship. Some of mine and Tim's closest friends were were formed out of small groups. And we, you know, 
And we don't have to go to that small group every time. We met the person, we connected with the person, and then they became friends. And then we didn't say, oh, small group's over. We continued to have a relationship with them. And that's because that, that's what God wants. It's all about relationships and friendships. But to me, even though work is a great place to meet friends, if you meet them in church, they're going to be like kind. They're going to be like you. Not exactly like you. You're still going to have differences. You're still going to have things. But they're going to be people that love the Lord and they want your best interest at heart. So I would love to stand up here and tell you that I'm the perfect Christian. That would thrill me more, but nothing would be further from the truth because to be quite honest with you, um, and I tell Tim this all the time, he never believes me, but uh, I have pride. Okay, let me just put it out there. Uh, I'm a prideful person, and that's why I'm not sitting right now because I just, you know, Oscar said, do you want the stool? And I said, no. Then I ran up to him and said, yes. And then I ran up to him and said, no. And then, and he's like, could you just give me a nod if you want the stool? And I was like, yes. So I was sitting over there and I was just arguing over it, right? And I'd even talk to Kim about it. And she said, they don't care. Sit, stand, whatever. But I felt like, you know, I wasn't honoring the Lord if I sat. I know that sounds crazy, but I just felt like, you know, stand, Vanita, for whatever reason. So I just want, but first, you know, uh, again, not a perfect Christian, I've, um, I'd love to tell you I've never lied, cheated, had a bad thought. Well, that's a good one. Have a bad thought. I know nobody's ever had a bad thought, but let me tell you, I have. And uh, that just simply would not be true. Because I am, I am frail. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And more than that, I'm a human. And it's because the God of the universe cared enough about us that he gave his son to die on a cross for us. Psalm 32, uh, 8 says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So for me, it's really hard for my mind to wrap around how God watches over me every day. Because if he's watching over me every day, then what about y'all? You know, like... (laughs) Like, how does he do that? Because I can't even think about two or three people at the same time and be worried about it. But, but he can. And that's just one of those things you have to accept. That we serve a God that knows every hair on your head. And Tim always says, I don't know how he does your hair, Vanita, because I'm, you know, I got so much. <laughs> he says that to me at least once a week. Like, I don't know how God keeps up with your hair. But you know what we really say? He can't but not do that because he is God and he loves us. So there's a lot of things that I don't know about. And just because I don't know about them doesn't make them not true. Okay? So I love to talk about electricity because I know nothing about electricity. I have a brother who's a master electrician, but don't even try to teach me. What I want to know is if I walk over and turn on the light, will it? The lights come on. That's really all I care about. But there's a whole lot that goes into that. And so I don't need to know how electricity works. I just need to know that if I flip the switch, the light comes on. 
It's the same thing with cell phones. I have always been baffled by cell phones. It was fax machines before, but if I say that word, most people are not going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, so cell phones, to me, to know you can pick up the phone and talk to someone, not next door, but across the globe in another country in seconds. Now, I have no clue. Tim's explained it to me a hundred times, but I have no clue how that works. All I know is I'm thrilled it works, right? So, um, so God just asks us, he just says to us, believe. And he's God and he's going to take care of us. So since he knows everything about us and he loves us more than we can imagine, is there anything that we should hide from him? No, there's nothing we can hide from him. Like the scripture says, he knows when we sit down. He knows when we stand up. He knows when we travel. He knows when we're at home. So what happens? And this is it. This is really the true question. What happens when we stumble or come across a trial? So during that time, you only have two choices. You can run to God or you can run away from God. Now, I, Vanita Nichols, I choose to run to God. Have I done it every time? No, and I'm embarrassed to say that. But you must run to God if, if you want to keep your life on the right track. So, um, so in Psalm uh, 139, 17 through 18, it says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So God loves you more than you can imagine. He loves you more than you love your spouse, any of your friends, your mother, your father, your children, which is hard because we love our children sometimes when we love our spouse. And so, not that that's right, but I'm just saying we do sometimes. So, so since the Bible says that, who should we run to? We should run to God. So I'm going to share a few things of when we should run to God. So the first, well, this, isn't, this is the first for Vanita. This is not the first for y'all. Y'all can just use what y'all want because y'all are probably more perfect than I am. So um, Psalm 34, 4 through 6 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened to me. He saved me from all my troubles. So when I was doing this um, speaking, uh, I did some research to see what was the, you know, the top 10 things that people are afraid of. And I was shocked to see that one of them was embarrassment. And I thought, embarrassment? Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess people are afraid to be embarrassed. And um, so I thought of, you know, like, there's different ways to be embarrassed. And what I mean by that is, you can say something and get all red in the face. You know, you're totally embarrassed. Or someone else can say something about you and you get embarrassed. Or um, something can happen accidentally and neither one of you meant for you to be embarrassed, but you get embarrassed. But then there's another kind. There's a kind where you can get embarrassed and everybody, everybody is innocent. Okay? So I'm going to give you an example. If someone were to get something lodged in their throat at a restaurant. And we've all, I don't know if you've all seen it. I've been in a restaurant where this happens. And what t people typically do, because they're embarrassed, 
is they run. They go to the bathroom or they go outside because they're coughing, 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 right? I, that actually happened to me once, and I did just that. I ran to the bathroom. And what happens is when you run to that bathroom, if, they, if this person, and I'm going to read this because I thought it was so great, if, if you're truly in trouble and you're choking, you have just removed yourself from the very people who could save your life. Okay? I mean, so the, the news is, it's the same spiritually. You get in trouble and you run from the very people who could save your life, which is God, right? So, so, so let's just say you get into trouble. Go to God. Get around people that can give you a spiritual homily, right? Because guess where this happens too? Small groups, right? Because we help each other in small groups overcome obstacles. And that's really what it's about. So just, you know, remember when you get in trouble, run to somebody. Don't, you know, run to God, but run to somebody that can help you. Do not run away from your friends. And I have been guilty of that. And um, so don't, don't do what I've done. Do what the word says, run to your friends. Number two is run to God when you're tired. So Psalm 91 one through two, and I love these scriptures. It was my, part of my mom's favorite scriptures. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High and find rest will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. Yeah, I know, right? That is amen. So five years before I retired, I worked every day. And I was physically tired every day. And when I say every day, I mean Monday through Sunday. I worked every day. Um, pretty much the job required it. And it seemed like every time I opened my Bible to read, and let me just say, I'm going to throw in a, this is a freebie. It's not, it's not in here, right? <laughs> read your Bible every day. Amen. It will give you strength. So even though I had to start work at 645 at that, time, at that time in my career, I still read my Bible and prayed every morning before I started work because I knew in my heart that if I didn't do it then, it would never get done because I didn't know when my day was going to end. And if I was exhausted, I would probably fall asleep while reading my Bible. So every time I opened my Bible, guess what? Honor the Sabbath and I'd go really, okay, you know, okay. Next week, honor the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath. And I, and I would argue with the Lord and say, I can't. I just can't because I can't not look at my email on Sunday. I just can't. Because when it, if I do, Monday's going to be horrific. So after about a few, uh, okay, after about a year, and that's the truth, arguing with the Lord, saying, you know, honor. You, you need rest, Vanita, is what he was saying. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I am not going to work on... So I worked till midnight on Saturday night. And, um, you know, because Saturday's not Sunday yet. So I'd work till 12 o'clock. Tim knows. 12 o'clock, come around. I'd be like, oh, i got to shut down my computer. And um, so the first time I did that, Monday was perfect. Oh, my goodness. I had no unexpected calls. I had no unexpected meetings, no unexpected 
problems. Um, to give you a, an idea, I was over about 500 people at that time. So that's a lot of people. So, so as y'all know, just stuff happens every day with that many people's lives, you know, so just stuff happened. So nothing happened. And so at the end of the day, I was like, okay, you got me, you know, okay. So this went on for a few weeks, right? And, um, and then, of course, I had a hectic week. And so then I had to make that decision. Uh, it was a terrible week. And Sunday came, and I worked because I felt like I let me just be honest. I felt like I couldn't trust God to take care of it on Monday. That, that's, now, if we're going to get really to the truth, that's just the truth of it. I just didn't believe God was going to take care of it. And, uh, and Monday was the worst day. It was horrible. I got pinged, called, text, you name it, all day long. And after that Monday, I said, okay, I got, exactly, you win. And from that day forward, I did not work on Sundays, period. I just was like, I can't. Now, it's kind of like tithing. Now, now I'm afraid to work on Monday, Sundays, right? Because I'm afraid, like, I'm going to have a terrible Monday. And uh, so, so bottom line is, I trusted God, and he gave me, you know, it's like I said, the Sabbath was not for God. He doesn't need to rest. He made the Sabbath for us. He knows that our bodies are very frail and that we need that rest. Amen. And so that's why he did it. And in um, um, Psalm 16, 8, it says, Run to God when you're lonely. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he's right beside me. Amen. So I've, I've shared this story before, but it's worth repeating. So there's this little boy. And he got scared in the middle of the night. And listen, I've gotten scared in the middle of the night before. But he's little. So he yells out, Mom! So, of course, like all moms, we go running. And she said, what's wrong, honey? He said, I'm scared. Will you stay in here with me tonight? And she said, um, no, no, you'll be fine. And he said, please, please, will you just stay in here with me? And she said, no, just pray. God is with you. You know, just like the scripture says, he's with you wherever you go. And he said, but mom, I want something with skin on it. <laughs> and uh, how many times are we like that, right? We're praying to the Lord. And he says, I'll be, be with you wherever you are. But we want something with skin on it. And what that means for me is God gave us physical relationships, so when I need prayer, I call a friend. If I need to laugh, I call another friend. I should be calling my prayer buddy to laugh with too, but I don't know what that's about. But anyway, so, uh, so you know, but you have people, right? You have your peeps. Every, is that even a word anymore? Probably not. Okay. So, so you have your people that you, you know, that you call and you say, hey, will you pray with me about this? Hey, can we go out to a movie? Whatever it is, right? That's that physical. But sometimes, you know, when you're asking someone like, hey, will you pray with me about X? And they start praying. Then you're, you start receiving that. And you know it's not them, but it's the Holy Spirit. And that's the Lord talking to you through them. And so when you get lonely, 
read your Bible. But if you need something with skin on it, call a friend, right? <laughs> call a friend. Now, um, number four is run to God when you're heavy burdened. Psalm 55:22 says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. So right now, I don't know every situation in here. I, um, I don't know, you know, what's going on with you. I don't know if you've had a loss. I don't know if you have physical pain, if you're lonely, you need a friend. But whatever it is, God is here to take care of you. He will uh, take those heavy burdens from you if you'll just give them to him. And whatever you do when you give them to him, leave them there. Number five says, run to God when you need protection. Psalm 34, 19 says, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Um, I'll make this short. A few weeks ago, Tim got a derogatory email from from work, and it was uh, sent to everybody on the team. And he was so upset about it all weekend because he didn't know how he was going to handle it because they have a Monday morning meeting at 8.30. All weekend we talked about it, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And um, he, he thought of a lot of ideas, but unfortunately, none of them were God-approved, right? So, so we really had a lot of talking to do, right? And he also didn't know, like, how can I have a conversation with him on Friday without getting out of control on the phone call, you know, without saying something ungodly, right? And so he prayed about it, prayed about it. We talked about it. On Sunday uh, at church, he asked Miss Candace, he said, uh, will you pray with me about this? Because she was a prayer partner up here. And she said, yes, Tim. And she said, Tim, you will come back next Sunday and you will tell me, uh, you'll give me a praise report about this, right? The, the meeting came and it was a non-issue. And Tim even brought it up, but it was a non-issue. And I'll tell you, The reason it was a non-issue is because God came to Tim's rescue without consulting Tim. And that's what he does sometimes. He doesn't have to consult you on the answer. Even though we think we want to know, we don't want to know. We can't live knowing the future. So, so, So my whole thing about all of this is when you don't know the answer... Run to God because he knows you better than everybody, anybody. Um, and he, he truly is the only one with the answer. He's your father. He's your best friend. Isaiah 55, 8 says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far, not, far beyond anything you could imagine. So I'm taking a cue from Carrie, and I looked up the definition from Merriam-Webster and defined nothing. And it says, Nothing is something that does not exist. So I also looked up beyond, and it says, to a degree that is past the understanding, reach, or scope of. So I decided to rewrite Isaiah 55.8. And this is what it says with those definitions. It says, my thoughts are something that does not exist like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are to a degree that is past the understanding, reach, or scope of anything you could imagine. So that's why I trust him. Amen. That's why I trust him. And um, so just because we can't figure out God, that doesn't mean if something happens, don't get disheartened. Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven says, I am the Lord, 
the God of all the peoples of the world, is anything too hard for me? Amen. So, this is, this is a hard story. I'm going to get through it, though. About 15 years ago, we had a family reunion. And around my family, anything can be a family reunion. We all get together. There's about 100 of us in my immediate family. That's my sisters and brothers and nieces and nephews. And um, so we were having this family reunion, and most of my extended family is saved, and, um, but not all of them. And we're talking about the Lord, and to be honest with you, I can't tell you anything that was said except this one thing. As we're talking about the Lord, my nephew looked at me really sad, and he said, what about me, Aunt Vanita? And my heart absolutely broke for this man because he had believed Satan's biggest lie, which is you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you've done too much, God doesn't love you. Now, he's saved, so he knows the Lord. But I'm telling you, that's what people believe. They believe that God, if you do something bad, God doesn't love you, but nothing is further from the truth. Just like your parents love you, God loves you. And if you have parents that don't love you, find new ones. No. <laughs> so, but, 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 but I'm here. To, I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> nothing is impossible with God. The God who knows everything about you wants a relationship with you. And the way you have a relationship with God is through prayer. So Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And Psalm 119.24 says, your laws please me. They give me your advice, wise advice. So the next step, because we always talk about next steps around here, and we should always be doing something next. You should be growing, whatever it is. So your next step is begin spending more time with God by reading his word. Now, I just read you two verses. And really, they say, limit your sin and become wise. Okay? But be deliberate in scheduling time and seeking God. Learn about his character. Then you'll know who he is and make it your business to know God. Yeah, make it your business. Will you please bow your heads? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we adore you. We love you. Lord, I know there's so many people here right now that, that are either hurting, that are in pain, and nobody really knows them. But Lord, I know you know them. And I know that you care about them. And Lord, I ask you to just be with them, keep your hand upon them, and just touch them in a way that they find peace and comfort, God. Be with them. Lord, we love you. With heads still bowed, there may be some of you that says, what about me, Vanita? What about me? You don't know Jesus. You don't have a relationship with him. And you're just lost. I'm telling you, the God of the universe is pursuing you. He wants to have a relationship with you. The word says that if you confess with your mouth and claim that Jesus is your Lord, you will be saved. And Lord, I just, and I just ask each one of you to say this prayer with me if you do not know Jesus Christ. And I ask that the congregation pray along with them. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I love you, Lord. And I ask for your, your forgiveness. 
I believe Jesus is Lord and he died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you into my heart. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life and the uh, angels in heaven are rejoicing. Can we clap for those people? Amen.